Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. So the highly influential Baptist preacher Charles H. Spurgeon, he once said, if you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were doubled. Today's scripture verses from the Old Testament, 2 Kings 2, 1-14, tell the story of an abrupt transition in prophetic leadership from the mighty Elijah to his predecessor, Elisha. Before Elijah is about to depart this earth, he has one last question for Elisha. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. This same dialogue occurred two more times at two different locations until the two were standing at the shore of the River Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they went, still went on and talked, Behind, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes, and he tore them into two pieces. <clears throat> And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the banks of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now, why do you think Elisha asked for a double portion? Was he not contented with what he already had? Or did he just want more of a good thing? In the success of a relay race, it's all about the transition. Perhaps you've seen it on TV, the Olympics the trials before the Olympics. There's a relay race, and when that takes place, 
It's all about getting that baton successfully from one runner to the next. You can put up an amazing time as an individual as you're running your first leg or the second leg or the third or fourth leg of the relay race. You can be very successful and put in a great time, but if you can't make that transition, if you can't optimize your speed and the speed of the next individual running during that transition, all that extra effort that you put in is fruitless. So it's all about the transition when it comes to a successful relay race team. Many individuals have used the idea of a relay race as a metaphor for life. President Barack Obama did just that. How he described how he viewed life's journey was very much tied to the relay race. It says the following, I saw myself as a relay runner. I would take the baton and I would run my leg of the race. And then I'd pass the baton to someone else. Each generation tries to make progress knowing that we and what we do is not going to be perfect. But hopefully, we've run our leg of the race effectively and the world's gotten a little bit better. This idea of our life journey being a relay race made me stop and ask the question, as we think about that baton, what does it represent? What is it that you and I are trying to share with that next runner, with the next generation? What is it that we are trying to hand off? And then the next question is, what it is, what that baton represents, does the next individual, does the next generation, do they even want it? Do they want that baton? Do they want what we are giving them? One individual who truly wanted the baton of his successor was Elisha. In the story that was read for us, Elijah is the mentor and Elisha is the mentee. When Elijah first sees Elisha back in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, it says that he took his mantle off, which is like a cloak, a, sh a sleeveless cloak that would go over your clothes, and he took it off and he placed it on Elisha signifying a passing on of the baton. Later on in this story, it begins where it says, and Elijah knew from God that his time had come to an end. Basically, God told Elijah, um, you're going to retire. I'd imagine Elijah goes, wait, wait, is this a forced retirement or do I have a choice in this matter? And then the story goes on that 
Elijah decides to make his last farewell tour, much like you see professional athletes. You know, that year that they say, they announce, I'm going to retire, and every single game, they are recognized for their accomplishments from one venue to the next. And that's kind of what Elijah does. Elijah starts in Bethel, he goes to Gilgal, from there he goes to Jericho, and then he ends up at the very end at the River Jordan. Each one of these stops, the story tells us that the son of the prophets would come out to Elisha and say, um, <clears throat> come here, Elisha, real quick. You know, don't you, that Elijah's not going to be here much longer that they've got his gold watch waiting for him. And Elisha, the text says, basically said to them, just shut up. So you get a little feeling that Elijah is hesitant to quickly leave. He's still in his prime. He's not ready to leave the scene. And on the other side, you have Elisha who's going, man, this is too soon. I don't know if I'm ready to take the mantle, if I'm ready to receive the baton and make that race myself. And then Elijah, once they cross over the River Jordan, he looks at Elisha and he says, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And Elisha replies, um, you could give me a double portion of your spirit. There is the possibility that that word spirit can also be translated courage. Give me a double portion of your courage. Elisha saw in Elijah something that he wanted. And he wouldn't be satisfied with just this amount. He was actually asking Elisha to give more than Elijah might even have. He believed that Elijah had something to give him that would cause his life to not only be effective, but to be successful. Elisha says, give me some of that. That's what I want. So I'm going to go back to that question that I asked you. What is our baton? And does someone want it? Forget about the double portion. Does someone simply want what it is that we're trying to hand off to the next generation? I think there's two ways that you could look at this. You could look at it from an individual perspective. What am I offering to the next generation? to my children, to my extended family, 
to the children that I come in contact, be it my grandchildren or children of friends, what am I offering them? What is my legacy? What am I willing to hand over that would be of value to the next generation? But not only should we look at it from an individual perspective, I think it's helpful if we look at it from a Christian community perspective. We, as a Christian community, what is it that is our baton? What is it that we are willing to hand on off to the next generation? Are we even willing to ask the question of the next generation, what do you want? That's a lot harder than it seems. It's quite easy for us to focus upon the things that we like, the things that we want. And we really don't stop and think about sometimes the next generation. Ministers for centuries have heard church members say, well, I don't like that. I'm not coming back because they did that. There have been churches and continue to be churches that rather than thinking about what is the baton I'm willing to hand on, what is the baton that we are passing to the next generation, rather than focusing on that, they focus on keeping everyone that's part of the community happy and the same. And those are the churches that die. Now, they may die happily because everyone's happy because they're getting what they want, but they are dying. So what is this baton that we are offering individually and collectively to the next generation? I would offer you four possibilities to think about what that baton could represent, or in the story of Elijah and Elisha, what that mantle represents. Number one, a sharing of financial resources to provide for the next generation. Individually, this happens quite often for people that have extra resources. They write out their wills and they say that I will give a percentage of my financial resources to these individuals, and among those are family. And that is an incredible way 
in which we can pass on a very valuable gift. So the possibilities of worrying about the future, worrying about financial security is eased just a little bit so that next generation can focus on other things because they have a foundation upon which they are built. One of the things here at Church of the Beatitudes that we have not done well, we have not done well at all, is that we have not fostered, we have not given you the opportunity to do just that. To be able to give a part of your financial resources to this church so that when you are no longer running any race, that's a nice way of saying when you're dead, that when you are no longer around, that you know that you have left not only your family and those organizations that you care about, but even this church community a gift that will enable it to continue to prosper. But a lot of times when it comes to handing off that baton, that's what we usually focus on is the financial. It's significant, but it alone is not going to be helpful. The second baton, the second quality in that baton that I would suggest is that we pass on our ideas about God, about Jesus, and our ideas about humanity. You know, some of you may be saying, well, I can do that individually. I imagine you will be surprised to know that the majority of people do not leave that to the next generation, their children, their grandchildren. They don't talk to them a lot about their view of God. And the reason, from my perspective, I can say that is I have met with many families as we prepare for the funeral. And I'll ask them, tell me a little bit about this person's view of God. And they will often say, well, they used to go to church. Or they, go to, they went to church, but that's about all that they say. Rather than being able to say to the next generation, this is my understanding of God. This is my understanding of Jesus. This is how I view our species. And I want to share it with you. I'm not going to push it on you, but I would like to share it with you. So just as you would give a financial foundation, it's very helpful if you give a foundation based upon ideas, and in particular, from a Christian perspective. 
Third one, the lessons that we have learned as we have journeyed through life. Our experiences, our stories, our traditions. But by saying that, I have to give a little bit of a caveat that comes with it. A lot of times, when it comes to this part of the baton, we want to force it in the hand of the next generation. We want them to value the traditions as much as we valued them. We want our stories to become their stories. The experiences that we have had in the past, we want to be their experiences moving forward. Rather, Than, than just not just sharing it with them. And then being a support to them as that generation decides, as they decide what will be meaningful for them as far as the lessons and the traditions and the stories that we share. And rather than passing it on to them and if they say, well, that worked for you, but I don't think it's going to work for us, rather than getting upset about it, we are still present and we are willing to say to them, I may disagree with you, but I'm here to support you. Because it's essential that we have a smooth transition of this baton from one generation to the next. And then I think the fourth one, which I find to be extremely valuable, is being willing to share our values. For example, courage, compassion, love. Values that the next generation can build their principles that they will live their life by upon. So that's up to us now, folks. On the way here this morning, it hit me. More than likely, the odds are definitely in my favor that in 30 years, my race will be done. For some of you, you've got a lot longer. And for some of you, unfortunately, you might have less. But each and every one of us get to decide what we're going to leave behind. What our legacy will be.
There was a movie starring Robin Williams as an English professor by the name of John Keating. It was set in the 19, around 1959 was the setting of the movie. The title of the movie was The Dead Poet Society. He was an eccentric teacher, but he was trying to inspire young men by teaching them poetry. In one class, the poem that he had decided to use for the day was, O Me, O Life, written by Walter Whitman. In particular, I'd like to focus upon this part of that poem. It says, O Life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithful, of cities filled with the foolish, what good among this, O me, O life? The answer is the following, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. Robin Williams looks at those young men and he asks them, what will be your verse? What is it that you will add to this play? Know today that you are here. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. The call has gone out. The stage is set. And they are calling you to step out and write the final verse. Understand that that verse will dictate the direction that play moves on once you are gone off the stage. In your hand right now, imagine a baton. That baton is all of you. Imagine in your hand that you are holding a baton that represents this whole Christian community. How important it is, is it to you that you pass it on? Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. 
You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.